1: everybody it is the steve jones show on a monday news radio 1070 wkok back Catrillo here with you steve will soon be there back in the sunbury motors studio sunbury motors fourth street in sunbury sunbury motors kia routes 11 and 15 Hummel's wharf and online at sunbury ford kia hyundai great selection of new and pre-owned inventory And a great sales staff that is there for you to save you money, not just there for the sale. And a service department with great technicians to back it all up with the diagnostics, the inspections, all the routine maintenance. And more of those awesome technicians are being sought right now. So if you're interested in a career change, first job, you got some experience, well, they'd love to hear from you at SMC. Stop by in person. Apply online at sunburymotors.com, or you can call Tide at 286-7746. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Well,
0: it's always important to start the show and set the tone, really, for the entire week because he's had an entire weekend of bitterness. And let's face it, the menu at the Bitterness Cafe seems to expand every week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Matt Catrillo rant or <laughs> rants of the day.
1: Well, I, I was disappointed with the outcome from Saturday with with Penn State, but, hey, it, it, was, it was a heck of a run. They, they gave us a lot of fun, and I think there's a lot of good things coming with Penn State basketball. I'll say that first to start with a little bit of a positive. But... I do have to go to some of that that negative side of things because a couple things have popped up that have kind of irked me a little bit. First of all, last night with the Lions signing C.J. Gardner-Johnson, basically I'm mad at both sides, Steve, (laughs) for lack of a better way of putting it. I'm mad at Howie Roseman because if you want to give him a three-year, $24 million deal, most of that on the back end, I get it. You're trying to be savvy with the cap. Not necessarily have a problem with that and if you are c j Gardner Johnson guess what you're getting your money regardless, so I don't want to hear it stop it, but the Eagles were then given a chance to match the one year offer from the Lions, which was one year eight mil so you're telling me that you're he's not that much in the plans to go with let's say a one year ten mil ten million dollar deal and give him that Provid type thing that he was looking for then to try and exceed his his uh, price tag for next year i mean come on you know what this guy gave you last year he had six interceptions he had a good chunk of the team's turnovers last year and he missed the last five games how can that possibly be how can that kind of a player not be in your plans I Now, I don't know the cap number it would have been. I'm not a capologist. I'm not a cap expert by any means. So if there's something there with that, fine. I guess I'll have to, to help to swallow that pill. But the fact that they didn't even try to match the one-year offer, I, I don't understand that at all. And then C.J. Garner-Johnson's representatives put out on Twitter the terms of what it was out there. I thought that was a, a little bit... Uh, A little bit uncalled for there. And I think there's a chance that maybe he could have been a head case. And if that's the case, I I could pass by that too. That was a little out of line, to be honest with you. So I'm at it both sides there for not getting something done. Then there's the Hall of Famer. I also add him to officially my Hall of Stinkage. And he's another one of those old-time coaches that need to get off my lawn in George Carl in his way of saying that Joel and Bead oh he's a really really good player but he takes plays off all the time what are you smoking is this are you is you still like smoking the joint or something from like the 90s when your teams were decent contenders but not championship contenders George Carl like what are you looking at do you not know basketball anymore? Has that knowledge like gone out one ear and out the other? This is a guy averaging thirty-four points a game is now the favorite for MVP. Thirty-four and thirteen, putting up numbers that no other big man has done, and no num- no other n- guy hasn't put up the numbers that guys like Michael Jordan and Kobe and James Harden have done as far as scoring is concerned, and yet. We think that he's taking plays off. I'm sorry. You looking at anybody on the Lakers right now? How about the Warriors? Like by Steve Kerr, who likes to sit players out for 80,000 games a season. So, when you see that, then come back to me and gain some actual basketball knowledge. He's another absolute curmudgeon. Oh, you're done. Okay.
0: Uh okay. <laughs> Sorry, I got confused. <laughs> you alright? I'm better now, yeah. Well, you get awfully touchy when it comes to your guys. That's what always strikes
1: me about all this. Like you like really care about what other people say or think. It's just that once again, I can't ignore stupid. And what George Carl said was probably one of the stupidest things you will hear this year during the NBA season.
0: Well, I don't watch every Sixers game. So to me, it's entirely possible he does take plays off. I, don't, I Like I said, I don't watch every game. I'm, I'm not sitting there. I mean, I have hardly seen a Sixers game this year. I'll be honest with you. Hardly seen one the whole year. Uh, I've been a little busy. <laughs> just a little in bit, case you yeah. Yeah. So I just want to make sure you know that. So oh my almighty! Them. So I haven't looked at them all that often. Um, so I can't tell you whether. I just can't. Sorry. I for all I know, he is taking uh, plays off. Was it, Do you ever see the, the movie Airplane? Yes, I have seen that, in fact. Classic. There's the scene where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in the cockpit. Yes. And the, the little kid comes in and he says, you're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he says, no, I'm Roger Murdoch. I'm the co-pilot. <laughs> right? he says, he says, I think you're the greatest. <laughs> and, and he says, he says, my dad says that, that, that you know, you only tried her in the playoffs. <laughs> and he, you can see her. He says, he starts squirming in the cockpit. And he's like, right. And, and he says, and finally, he just leaves. Now, look, kid. <laughs> he says, how would you like to drag Lanier and. Oh, who well, who was it? Uh Lanier and somebody else's backside <laughs> up and down the court forty-eight hours. A night, 48 minutes a night. <laughs> like he says, but I'm Roger Murdoch. I'm the co-pilot. Uh. <laughs> uh. So yeah, you know, they, they take plays off. These these are your people. They they take plays off. These are your people. These are your players. You're saying George Carl's wrong? Yes. Well, how do you know he's not taking plays off?
1: Because I watch the games. I see what he does night in and night out. He's not taking plays off.
0: He's trying in every play? Absolutely. Sure. Okay, uh... Ed Cooley has accepted the head coaching job at Georgetown. Rick Pitino has accepted a deal to uh, go to St. John's.
1: Yeah, that's a big mistake on St. John's part right now. Let me tell you that right now. Rick Pitino needs to go away from college basketball.
0: As a coach? I'll just do this from a coaching point of view. Rick Pitino is brilliant as a coach. As a coach. We can talk about other stuff all we want, but his ability to coach a team... His ability to 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 be a strategist to his credit, he is brilliant. Um, now he's going to have to get certain commitments from St. John's about oh uh, about facilities and things like that. I mean, yeah, it's one thing to play in Madison Square Garden, but you need you need to be able to to train. But it's a six year deal with St. John's, and then Ed Cooley who was. Uh, and I've met Patino. It's not like I've never been around Rick. I've, I've met him uh, a few times. And Cooley, I've, I actually um, actually did a game, a TV game, where he was the coach. So I had to sit down. I had to talk with him. He is a Cooley is a great guy to talk to, uh, and he has done a fabulous job both at Fairfield and at Providence. Um, now I don't know what the advantage is of doing going to Georgetown over Providence. Both are in the Big East. Um, I mean, Cooley to his credit overachieved a lot. He overachieved to Fairfield. He overachieved at Providence. Providence has money. That's what gets me is Providence has money. Uh, they have more money than St. John's does. But. Um, but in terms of the ability to coach all the other stuff aside, so you know, and I know you're you're more of the issues Rick has had. I got it. But in terms of his ability to coach the game, Rick Patino <laughs> without question knows how to coach the game. And then we'll see how he does at St. John's. And he puts him back in a multi bid conference because last year he lost out on the bid. Uh, Iona dominated the regular season then they got knocked off in the opening round of the tournament and St. Peter's won it and of course we know what St. Peter's did in the NCAA tournament so right now the primary job that is still available of big jobs is Notre Dame and I have heard zero about Notre Dame nothing Maybe George Carl will get that. No? Not a fan?
2: No, señor! No, señor! No, señor!
0: Not a fan? I worry about you. You're very emotional.
1: (laughs) I always appreciate your concern.
0: I speak for the audience on that one. (laughs) You are considered to be, by by the way, many who listen, to be highly entertaining. (laughs) I've also been told. You are highly entertaining. All right. Now we have your rants done, and I sense we're not completely done yet, right? Um, Probably not, but we're, I'm good for right now. Oh, good. Well, we can get through the half hour then. Uh, I will talk wrestling and basketball in a moment because lessons have been learned out of both. And we'll come back and talk about that in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.
2: Mm, mm. When car repairs get difficult Well, I, I just don't know um, Me neither We get good <laughs> Sunbury Motors Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855. Visit our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you.
0: Draws the double and throws it into the backcourt. Lundy runs it down. Lundy take it on Hunter. Penn State has two. Texas gets their best seed since 2008, and it's going to be their first Sweet 16 since 2008, and that is going to kill. DeSue with the rebound. Yes. So I'm going to get into, I, I guess I can get into this more in the next half hour, I guess. Um, I don't even know what the show schedule is today. Let's see. Show schedule. You have John Sobert, 406. Uh, I am going to start with wrestling, and then I'm going to get to the basketball part. Then we'll get to the business part of it. This is the lesson that was learned out of wrestling. Penn State wins An 11th national championship, the 10th under Cale Sanderson. The amount of work, dedication, commitment, sacrifice that goes into winning anything is remarkable. And the Penn State wrestlers embody all of that. What Aaron Brooks has done to win three straight, what Carter Storacci has done to win three straight is remarkable. The lesson comes in Roman Bravo Young and Spencer Lee. And here's the lesson, quite simply. It, remi- it should remind all of us how hard it is to win. Spencer Lee was considered, quote, a lock to get a fourth national title. Many people felt Roman Bravo Young was close to being a lock to win a third national title. Neither one ended up winning a national title. Because winning is hard. And it was really a graphic illustration. You hate using individuals in in this regard because they're both such terrific wrestlers. Lee is just, he's special. Roman Bravo, Young is special. But that shows you how hard it is to do. That, That should allow you to then appreciate what Aaron Brooks and Carter Storci have accomplished because it's just difficult to get one, let alone two or three. It's hard. Winning, that's what why winning is so gratifying. It's difficult. And even when somebody as great as Roman Bravo Young got close but couldn't you know finally had the day where it didn't work. Spencer Lee got to the semifinals and had the the night where suddenly it just didn't work. The other guy, it worked for him. And that is just a graphic illustration in every sport that it's just hard to win. that's why when you do win, it is so gratifying because it's not easy. we're talking about two of the greats in wrestling in spencer lee and roman bravo young that's an example for every sport that's an example in every sport Where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. While the Macatrillo Rant of the Day is not currently sponsored, the entire show is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Market Street and Sunbury go to PurdyInsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV. Wherever it may be, they're great people, and they are great people. I mean, real, just good people over at Purdy Insurance. They'll make sure you're fully insured, and they will also make sure that they can save you money wherever they can. It is Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com, and we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 to 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. You see my point about how hard it is to, to win. It, it, winning's hard. I mean, how many people thought Roman Bravo Young was going to win a national title? I mean, I think it was kind of like there was an assumption. Right? That's why what Aaron Brooks and Carter Stracci accomplished is phenomenal. What Penn State Wrestling as a team accomplished is phenomenal. Winning's hard. That's what's so gratifying about it when it happens. Now for Penn State basketball. I've already gone this deep into the show. I've talked about wrestling. I have not talked about Penn State basketball, and I'm going to talk about that. Penn State won nine of its last 12 games. Seven of the nine wins were against NCAA tournament teams. Do you realize that? Two against Illinois, two against Northwestern, one against Indiana, one against Maryland, one against Texas A&M. Think about that. They won nine of their last 12 games, and seven of the wins were against NCAA tournament teams. Their losses, one was to Purdue, and the other one was to Texas. As I mentioned on the show out in Des Moines, one of the shows I did out in Des Moines, I don't know how many do out there, three? Um, I guess four, right? Yeah, I four. I did a Tuesday show, too. Correct, yeah, it was four. Yeah. But I mentioned at that point that Dick Girardi and I both thought in the preseason this was an NCAA tournament team. But that doesn't mean as the season goes along there aren't these twists and turns where you're like, oh, hey, it's going all right. They're on track. They're on track. Oh, boy, they're not on track. Yep, they're back on track. Oh, no, they're not on track. You know, it doesn't mean you don't have those twists and turns. But we saw the ingredients there, the two of us in the preseason. And so did Micah. Here it is on Monday. And this is one thing about the NCAA tournament. There is the exhilaration of getting in. There is a euphoria about advancing. There is the crushing moment when it's over. Because there is no next game. As Micah texted me yesterday, he said, Steve, I wish we were preparing for the next game. You know, I said the same thing. I said, I wish I was down on my computer right now preparing for the next game. And that's how you feel about it. I mean, I'm sitting here today. I wish I was preparing for the next game. I wish I was preparing for a flight Wednesday to Kansas City. But when you get to this stage, the day began with 32 teams still in play to win the national championship. Penn State was one of them. And with a little bit more than four minutes to go, Penn State was in front. Had to battle back. They were playing from behind all night, but they battled back, and they finally got the lead. I kind of felt like if they got a stop and another score, that really would have put a lot of game pressure on them. Because Dylan They look, the bottom line is he had a great night, and he had a terrific Big 12 tournament, by the way. So he's been playing like this. And he made some tough shots. Floaters, ten foot jump hooks, like I mean, these were not easy shots. I mean, so I give him all the credit in the world. I give him all the credit in the world for how he played. The other four guys, Penn State had no problem with. They had a handle on everybody. Rice, no problem. Carr was no problem. Hunter was no problem. Mitchell Mitchell was never going to be a problem. Um, Mitchell can dunk, tip, dunk, and rebound. He doesn't. uh, He's he's still raw in terms of how he plays the game. Um, Cunningham, I didn't think was going to be a problem. He wasn't. And you know, I mean, there's only one guy that caused him a problem, right? He had 28 points, one off his career high. But they did show in the end what Penn State basketball can be. This is what they can be. Now the idea is, and as you know, as obviously it's, I I've told the story a million times about Dean Smith and listening to Dean Smith talk about how he approaches the tournament at North Carolina. So in this case, hey, we want to win the Des Moines tournament. Then you want to win the Kansas City tournament. And then you want to win the Houston tournament. You just don't look at it as the entirety of six games. It's too much for anybody to look at. Hey, we got to win six games. And Penn State got to the championship game of the Des Moines tournament and missed by five. And to show you how hard it is, Texas which has had a really good program for years with Rick Barnes and then, you know, and moving forward. this is the first time they've gone to the sweet 16 since 2008. It's not easy because winning is hard. So now you not only want to get back and do it on a consistent basis. Now the next part is you want to make the, you want to make the second weekend. You want to make the second weekend. It's the long-term commitment. NIL is important. There are other elements that I think are within the control that are important. But this shows you what basketball can be. Basketball is not here to overshadow football. Basketball is not here to overshadow wrestling. Wrestling is not here to overshadow basketball. As I pointed out the other day, Penn State fans can be proud to say Penn State's a wrestling school. And Penn State fans can say they're proud because Penn State's a football school. And now Penn State fans can be proud and say Penn State's a basketball school. And Penn State's also a lacrosse school, a volleyball school, a soccer school, a field hockey school. Right. And if an athlete in any of those sports and more gymnastics, right? They can go to Penn State with the idea that they can make a tournament. And that's what they showed. They're capable of doing it. And with the right organizational model, which they're putting in place, they'll give themselves an opportunity. They're in a tough conference. Look, I mean, Penn State's strength of schedule is 17th in the country. But it shows you what they can do. Now, from the athletic director's point of view, basketball helps the financial bottom line. I believe that I saw, I looked back at the numbers today, and even last year, no tournament last year, Penn State, Made a profit on basketball, men's basketball, three point four million. Okay. Now, can you make more? Sure. Now, what you know, that's not like football making tens of millions in profit. That's why it drives the engine. But just take something as simple as getting to the second round of the NCAA tournament. You get about three hundred thirty-nine thousand dollars a round, but it has. A unit has a shelf life of six years. So Penn State earned two units. That means it is worth, all told over the life of six years to the Big Ten, of about $4.1 million. Just for getting to two rounds in the tournament this year, because that's how they do it. It's in units, carry over for six years. It helps everybody else. Big Ten got five teams in the second round. They got one to the Sweet 16 in Michigan State. So right now the Big Ten is at 14 units for this year. I mean, that's the financial part of it. That's where you can, you know, you know, can you increase attendance? Can you then get to the NCAA tournament? I mean, you're going to get tournament money even if you're not in it. But, you know, you're doing your part getting units which then helps the bottom line for everybody, including yourself. That's what it can be. It's an excellent supplement to what football does financially. It's not expected to carry the day like Bucknell. But now players can look at Micah Shrewsbury's style of play and what a fun, entertaining style of play that opens the door for you to get points as a player and a chance to play a great schedule and a chance to show everybody what you can do for a coach that is tactically brilliant and is just a good guy to be around he's a good guy to be around he's a really good guy and he's tactically brilliant I'll bring up one other point about the units. And if you're wondering about, okay, well, hey, UCLA and USC are coming in. They both made the NCAAs. All the units that USC and UCLA get this year and next year will all go into the fund for the Pac-12 over the next six years. Okay? They'll start fresh on units with the Big Ten when they get in, and that will start the six-year run there. Okay? If you're wondering about that. But each unit's worth almost $340,000. Which is a game. But that's what it can be. That's I mean, this is what it can be. It also is going to be something that is interesting when it comes to college football because remember this is the last year of four in the college football playoff it'll transition to 12 starting in 2024 and we'll see if it goes to 16 in 26 but you're going to get the same type of tournament where the exhilaration of making it is going to be great the exhilaration of winning a round It's going to be off the charts, but only one of those twelve is going to have the final exhilaration because there's going to be that crushing moment where you don't, when you don't win it, and it's like you look around and go, there's no more games. So, yeah.
1: Ah, boy.
0: Boy, it sure is hard, though, when when it's done. You look around and go, oh. It's, uh, when it's done, you're like, oh. But it was really, you know. There's nothing like being in the NCAA tournament. Yes I, yes, I was courtside for Arkansas-Kansas. I'll say this in no uncertain terms so everybody understands. The vast majority of people in sports, and James Franklin and Micah Shrewsbury absolutely embody this. Right, Joe was like this. All right, Everybody I've been around is like this. They are gracious in victory and have dignity in defeat. All of them, everybody I've dealt with here at Penn State, now most recently, James Franklin and Michael Shrewsbury, they are incredibly gracious in victory. They have great dignity in defeat. There are certain people that are bad winners. And I'm going to give you two one in football and one in basketball. They're just bad winners. Jim Harbaugh is one. Eric Musselman of Arkansas is the other one. And I'm talking about they have a reputation for this. This is not something that was new from Saturday. But Eric Musselman is one. I would like to tell everybody that as I sat courtside watching them beat Kansas, obviously it was just crushing for the Kansas fans. I mean, you know, they get they are very wrapped up in basketball the way Penn State football fans are wrapped up. In Beaver Stadium. And they're the defending national champions. Spent a good chunk of the year ranked number one. But Arkansas, they didn't score, they didn't have a basket, Kansas, the final 348 of the game. Now we're on the air for the final seven minutes of the Kansas Arkansas game. So Dick and I are doing our pregame show. And then the game's over, Arkansas wins. And I guess Musselman went over to the Arkansas fans and he took his shirt off.
1: Yes, I still now, have nightmares from that.
0: Okay, but I was sitting there; I didn't see it because we were busy doing our deal. Good, I was about so to I ask just, that. No, I never saw it. <laughs> I never saw it. Good, but again, he's not. He always has had a reputation. He's not a good winner. Some people aren't, and he isn't. Yeah, I think I always had heard that reputation, but then seeing this and how it played out, I'm like, going, yep, that backs up everything I heard." Right? You're like, "Okay, I don't know. we'll see what that means." Well, guess what? Um, he's not. He's also very much in his own world. Arkansas was on the floor before Penn State for the closed practices on Friday. So Penn State's waiting for Arkansas. And then you wait for the word from the NCAA, hey, it's your your turn. You're out there. You know, you wait for, for the NCAA rep to tell you that, okay, hey, you got the court for 90 minutes. You know. So I'm standing outside the Penn State locker room, and I may be two feet off the wall because we're just chit-chatting in the hallway, you know, just waiting for them to come out. Um and I'm maybe two feet off the wall. Arkansas guys start walking down the hallway because they're done. Right? Come look over, you hey, good luck, you know, you know. Musliman's walking down and he's like into his phone. Right? I had, he's walking right at me. Walking right at me. Right? Now if I don't move, he's gonna boom right into me. Right. So I step back. Right, and he just keeps on going. Doesn't even, doesn't even like no excuse me or anything like that. I'm like going, oh. like so I kind of looked over. Go, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's Like, and Dick's laughing. He goes, "What the?" Heck? Dick's like, "What is his deal?" I said, "Who knows?" F O U L E D. That spells foul.
1: That would definitely be something Jim Harbaugh would do, too.
0: I'm just saying, it's like, you know, it's like, it can't be like, hey, excuse me, whatever, or set, you know, because I'm not going to let him crash into me. That's not the right thing to do. But, but in other words, I was not standing in the middle of the hallway. I was maybe a foot or a two. The wall, I didn't have much far to go. He's <laughs> like, hey, I'm in my lane. <laughs> I'm I'm reading my phone. I don't really care what you're doing. Okay. What a pleasure. <sighs> wow. You just kinda sit there and go, What am I I just I looked I looked over at Dick goes he goes, Who knows? I said, I don't know. But no, we did not see the shirt thing. <sighs> which is a good thing. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. No. I mean, I know it was... I mean, I know he did it, but I didn't really. But some people are known as good winners, and some people are known as bad winners. And that's always been his rep. I was like, yeah, okay, you've heard it before, but you're like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And all of a sudden, you're like, uh, hold on a second here. <laughs> Remember that stuff you heard, Steve? Yeah, might be true. <laughs> okay. All right. Then there are people that are bad losers. I I didn't I I did see the video. I look it looked like Spencer Lee's mom didn't handle the loss very well. I'll never forget, this goes back to the days of um, Tennessee basketball. They won women's basketball. They won three straight national titles. And I can't remember. They got knocked off in the Sweet 16. It was Shamiko Holesclaw and that group. And they lost in the Sweet 16. They turned around they walked off the court. And it always struck me. You want to know why it struck me? Every single team that they had beaten, waited in line to shake their hand. And then they finally lost and they left. And I was like, what the heck? Really? Hmm. I'll never forget that. I was like, God, that's like, okay, everybody else waited for you. You finally had your chance where you're the one that had to sit there and at least show some grace. Nope, no grace left. Amazing. Amazing. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. More in a moment. Great to have you with us today. John Sober next. More Matt Rance. He's got some beauties today.